passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in UCLA, the UCLA sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Sam Conan. I am joined once again by my co-host, Travis Reed. Travis, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing, Sam? Just coming off the Super Bowl high of the Rams winning the Super Bowl. And, you know, so go go Rams, go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big, big moves here on, on, on Sunday. You may be listening to this on, on Monday or whenever you're hearing this, but uh, we're recording this Sunday night right after the Super Bowl. Travis, you're an L.A. guy, but... uh. I mean, I'm, I'm from Boston. I mean, you, you see, you see the stuff around. I, I got all my Tom Brady stuff, born and mm. born and bred Patriots guy. I, I was, <laughs> I was rooting for the Bengals here, just kind of underdog, but seeing Cooper cup and Aaron Donald to kind of tear it up. That was good to see. I didn't really care who I was rooting for. If, if those two are doing great. Cause wow. <laughs> I mean, UCLA stuff as I will, we'll, we'll get to in the show. Those <laughs> Cooper cup and Aaron Donald are like maybe the best offensive and defensive player. The, players in football right now like wow yeah no not maybe probably yes <laughs> I, I think besides it's like percent yeah i don't think anything there's no question i think obviously Aaron donald is no question right uh he's the best defensive player in football it's not even close uh i think you know jj watt you know is great uh you know uh, other people are great but he is the most dominant football player in football and Cooper Cup. I mean, when's the last time you saw somebody basically win a triple crown of of receiving? That, yeah, was it uh, was it was it uh, Isaac Bruce? It was someone someone on the Rams. I forget who. It yeah, was. like it was how it long was, was that Bruce? ago? Yeah, like, like 20, two, 20 years ago or something. It was yeah, crazy. like nobody does. Nobody catches for yards after catch, uh, or or as many touchdowns. Like Cooper Cup catches for touchdowns, yards after catch, you know, and receptions. You know, like. When Randy Moss broke the record for 23 touchdowns, he only had about 1,200 yards. You know, and I'm not saying that's a little, <laughs> but, you know, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like he yeah, was a yeah. touchdown Randy guy. Moss is no slouch, but. Yeah, I mean, exactly. He, but he it's, didn't it's leave funny. the league and, you know. Yeah, it's funny to say Randy Moss is no Cooper Cup. <laughs> when it comes right? to the stats. It, yeah, it is what it is, Cooper Cup. He had. I mean, I mean, through the regular season, he's one of three guys ever to, to win the Triple Crown in the NFL when it comes to yards, receptions, and touchdowns. And then I think if you add in playoffs, I didn't see the numbers after the game, actually, because he was right on the verge of passing Larry Fitzgerald in the 08-09 playoffs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if he officially passed him in touchdowns or yards, receptions, and stuff, but that mm-hmm. was his competition. So regular season, postseason combined, 
Cooper Cup may have just had the best season from a receiver ever, and that's <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty sick. So that oh, was fun yeah. to watch it today for us. Um, maybe it would have been fun to see a, a few more UCLA guys out there. Uh, we had a uh, Xavier uh, Suofilo. It was uh, on the Bengals practice squad uh, on the losing end, but obviously <laughs> he didn't see the field. No, uh, no UCLA guys out there. Oh well, maybe next year. I mean, the Packers had four or five, so. Maybe if the uh, Packers commit to Aaron Rodgers like they say they are, um, maybe the Packers make back and you get uh, Mercedes Lewis finally getting to the Super Bowl <laughs> after so long. No, Guys I like agree. Chris I, Barnes, yeah. I agree with you. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens, uh, you know, you know, next year. Because I'm, I'm like, to me, don't sleep on Tampa Bay. I feel like Tampa Bay is going to go get some quarterback. They're not going to – Tampa Bay is going to win now. You, you, mean, you mean they're not going with Kyle Trask? Is there a yeah, Super no, Bowl no. winning quarterback? <laughs> hey, I don't hey, think Trask, who knows? I mean, he can't, he learned under Brady. Who knows? <laughs> you know, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they went back to, like, James Winston because people talk about James Winston. That would be picks. pretty cool. That he would threw be for cool. 5,300 or 5,200 yards the year. He threw for 30, you know, 30 touchdowns. So, you don't know. Like I said, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Tampa Bay. But the Rams, I think they're a one-year team. They're not, they can't sustain just having stars and no backups. Yeah. I, I mean, and uh, just say, we're, we've been putting it off for, I don't know how many minutes we've been going on, two minutes now. Uh, yeah, UCLA lost to USC on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's yeah, that's yeah. the news we're talking about today. Yes. Uh, it was pretty brutal. It was yes. ugly. It's, yes. It, yes. it really stunk. Uh, before we get into that, talking about Super Bowl stuff, uh, we're recording this on Sunday night right after the Super Bowl, last game of the football season, uh, the NFL mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. But as always, Bet Online uh, has you covered odds, scores, totals, player performance, props uh, to where the next uh, fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football because like we said, football season just wrapped up, but we got plenty more sports to go. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. So from sports, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one wagering destination. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just go use our promo code believe that's B L E A V to get you started. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your sport favorite sports and play your favorite games bet online where the game starts. So with that out of the way, just want to thank bet online. Uh, UCLA was actually the odds on favorite Saturday against USC and yet again for the fifth time in a row. USC came out on top. It's uh, it's the first time that has happened since, I mean, 70 years ago, 60, 60 plus years ago, almost 70 years. It has been a long time. UCLA is obviously the dominant basketball powerhouse between the two LA Pac-12 schools. And somehow Mick Cronin is 0-5 against the Trojans since getting to Westwood. So, we're going to break that down. UCLA men's basketball, they lose 67-64 on Saturday night at the Galen Center. It's a big game. ESPN, Bill Walton was there. Dave Pash was there. 
all eyes in the college basketball world at that point in the night were focused on the Galen Center and the Bruins choked it away yet again. Mm-hmm. They they had a chance. They had a few chances. They had a lead in the second half and they couldn't do anything with it. So, Travis, mm-hmm. I, I know you were keeping an eye on that game. You're, you're watching it and following it during the game and then after the fact. What are your thoughts on, on how things went down on Saturday night and just where this UCLA team stands at this point in the season with about a month to go? Well, I think, you know, from the game, I felt like this. Once again, Nick Cronin, he rides with his guys, his main guys. And if you look at the game, look at the minutes, you know, uh, Johnny Juzang plays 37 minutes, Jaime plays 32, and Campbell plays 35. Uh, Bench guys, Watson plays three again, three minutes. Three minutes, Travis. Three freaking minutes. Like, in order for him, like, he just doesn't get that. In order for you to to really go far in a tournament, you're going to need some bench play. You you cannot think that your five guys is going to play 40 minutes a night every game and you're going to win. And and not not that, Travis. Travis, but – but you got Peyton Watson, who what have, what have we been saying for, for as long as we've been having this podcast going preseason? What's Peyton Watson great at? Defense. Yeah. Just right off the bat. He's good at defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what were what was UCLA struggling with? Oh, defending Drew Peterson, who's a long <laughs> wing, who Peyton Watson matches up with perfectly. And Peyton Watson plays three minutes. What What is yeah. going on? That's just, what are you doing? What are you doing? I, I, you know, like I, I just feel like he just keeps – is banging his head against his wall with like, I'm going to just play my five guys. And if anybody comes in, if they make one mistake, I'm going to snatch them. And to me, like your, your two main guys, obviously uh, Johnny Juzang and, and Jaime go six for 27 combined, Ugh. you know, and, and add, add Jules to that. What, what is that? Jules, Jules goes yeah, one for nine. So let's just say Jules, seven. Jules, wait, Jules. What, so Jaime's two for 11. Yep. Uh, Jules was one for nine, so that's three for twenty. That's seven for thirty-six. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, seven I mean, for thirty-six are, between your top three wings. Top three scores, really. I mean, like I said, yeah. Tiger had twenty-seven. Um, but I just feel like there needs to be maybe a shakeup in the starting five. Maybe bring Bernard off the bench and start the freshman. Like I just feel like. You're getting absolutely nothing from your bench. So if the starters don't play well, you have nothing to go back on. You know, everybody has the great teams have at least somebody they can bring in off the bench who is reliable. And the problem is you still have nobody who's who's coming in that's reliable because he's snatching them as soon as they make a mistake. Now, I feel like, you know, also, once again, we talked about it again, uh, you know, Cody Riley. Uh, you know, plays plays nine. You know, plays nineteen minutes, gets nine point seven rebounds. But I felt that you know, SC, like SC was kind of just mucking up the game. Like the, we talked about it, if and, they score, and know, they were we, going at Cody. They when, they were when going Cody was on him. defense, they were going at him. Drew Peterson. They they were going for switches to get Drew Peterson, who who had a career high twenty seven, which isn't great. Uh, in its own right, but it's especially when they just keep switching and keep getting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. USC saying, okay, we're going to get Cody on Drew and mm-hmm. play with that and, and try our luck on that. And it worked for them. And Cody just kept playing. <laughs> no, he kept, we kept putting, I mean, they, to me, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if Cody's hurt, 
or, you know, he's playing through an injury. He just, I feel like he played better last year, you know, and especially during the tournament, he played faster, more physical and finished around the basket. Now, Definitely. you know, he doesn't finish around the basket as well. He's, he's basically become a spot shooter. Uh, and I might hit a jumper here and there, but he doesn't finish. Hey, hey wait, Travis, he, he hit a three pointer on Saturday. Yeah, the no, first, that's what I said. The freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> he's that's what he's basically come down to with a guy that shoots, you know, like he doesn't fit. Like if he gets passes, supposed to finish around the basket, he doesn't finish. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, what, what did you, USC have a 10 0, uh, yeah, 10 blocks to one advantage on Saturday. I mean, that's that's defense, that's athletes, that's length. You have that in Peyton Watson and Jalen Clark, but if Peyton Watson's playing three minutes and Jalen Clark's playing 14, you're not utilizing your that that side of your lineup where USC, that's most of their lineup, and they're just blocking the crap out of you. <laughs> and they're showing they have a, a leg up in terms of athleticism. Yep. And the fact that, uh, SC beat them pretty much without their best quote unquote best player. Isaiah Mobley. Yeah, we the yeah. fact that we haven't even brought that up. Isaiah yeah. Mobley had a concussion, yeah. broken nose. He, he was beaten up and out of the game. He, he didn't you, play. You hour hour ahead of tip off. You're like, oh, Isaiah Mobley's out. Well, I mean, it'll probably close because it's UCLA USC, but at the same time, UCLA's got to win this game. And I mean, it's back and forth a little bit in the first half, and they take a lead in the second. But I mean, you this is. You can't lose this game. Yes. Like when you're fighting for for Pac-12 standings, for March Madness seeding, and you're playing a USC team that's already faltering with Isaiah Mobley, and you take Isaiah Mobley away, they're maybe they're probably a tournament team, but a borderline tournament team without Mobley, and you lose to them. I mean, what are you doing? You lose to ASU. Yeah. You lose to USC. You lose to Arizona. You lose to Oregon. The the Pac-12 schedule has not treated ucla kindly so far and 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 this usc game just epitomized that i think uh you know like i said i hope they don't do go through a tailspin like they did last year like we talked about before losing four seven or seven straight before the tournament before they wake up again Mm -hmm. but right now they are struggling and these last three games three four games three games let's just say that uh, four games, you know, uh, ASU, uh, Arizona, SC, Stanford. You know, I figured it would be Stanford no matter what, but like they've struggled. Yeah. Uh, you know, even though Johnny Juzang is, you know, he's, he did, he struggled big, uh, you know, yesterday. And Jaime struggled big. And like I said, I just think that I feel like they're exhausted down the stretch because he's logging these minutes. You cannot lose these games. Uh, to inferior teams, you're going to be end up being a four seed or five seed uh, in the tournament. And like, don't get me wrong, I don't think he cares, you know, about the seeding. But still, let's make it a little bit easier on yourselves when it's time to really for the big, quote unquote, you know, quote, quote unquote tournament because you 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 have to be building towards something. And the fact that he just like, well, I'm gonna just play my five guys and that's it. That's not building towards anything. That's just you know building towards an early round exit, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at the rotation they worked with against USC on Saturday, and Peyton Watson playing three minutes. They're essentially working with an eight-man rotation rotation when they have 10 guys available because you play Watson for three minutes, and Jake Kyman didn't come out a single time. So, I mean, it's not like Jake Kyman's a crazy athlete who, who could have 
avoided those blocks that that Cody couldn't or something. But <laughs> I mean, that's that's just not a great look when you have guys available and you don't use them. It's yeah. it's it's frustrating to watch. It's mm-hmm. but also I I I mean, in talking to to Coach Cronin after the game, he was obviously very upset. Uh, as you would expect after that game, three point loss. Mm. I mean, I, I just run through the end of the game. They get some free throws, they get a stop, and they get some free throws, and then they force a, a turnover, and then they let up. But the Tiger gives it away on a crazy step back three, turns turnover. Chavez Goodwin gets a fast break dunk. Johnny comes back, hits some free throws, and and, and then they end up having a shot at the end because Tiger steals an inbound after Johnny's free throws and, and he throws up another shot. doesn't go, but it, uh, I mean, it would have been just as crazy as, as the last few times USC beat UCLA. So there was a, a technical chance for UCLA to win that one, mm-hmm. which is crazy no. considering how bad they shot, uh, how thin the rotation was for some reason. But you think, I mean, Jules Bernard has been ice cold from three. You just look at, he was 0 for 5 from 3. You look at the, the rest of the team on Saturday was 5 for 11. That's pretty good. That's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't a math major or anything. That's somewhere between 40 and 50% from 3. That's obviously great. Jules wasn't hitting his 3s. But other than that, I mean, you're, hit, you're hitting 40 plus percent of your 3s. Take more 3s. It, put Jake Kahneman out there. Improve your percentage because you know Jake Kahneman is going to shoot better from three than Jalen Clark, than than Miles Johnson, <laughs> than than uh, most of these guys out there. So get that. And I mean, Coach Cronin after the game was obviously upset, but he says Jaime is working on. He, he's got two injured ankles, which we knew already. We saw he got hurt against Stanford the first time. We saw he got hurt before the COVID break. We we know he was working with with busted ankles pretty much but rushing him back i just don't really know about that because i i asked coach cronin after the game when, when he said that cody that uh sorry that that jaime was working on ankles that weren't 100 both ankles i said is this something that you maybe want to rest him and get him back to full strength he says he doesn't know where i feel like at this point you should have already known Th- this should this should be the thing that tells you that jaime is not ready to be out there because Coach Cronin last year, the, the season finale against USC, it, it came down to the last shot. USC somehow won at the buster. It was crazy, wild finish. But Cronin knew uh, right at the end of the year, he said, I'm going to sit Johnny Juzang for this game. He's got a bit of a, a, a tweet, tweaked his ankle the game before. I'm going to sit him for this game. doesn't matter. We're going to the tournament. I trust that this, the committee's going to put us in. I'm going to sit Johnny. Trust our guys. Okay, we didn't win. Whatever. We'll go to the back 12 tournament. Even if we don't win there, whatever. We're in the tournament. That's all we need. And and that was all they needed. They, they made the final four. But I don't know what it was about that time with Johnny where he said, oh, no, Johnny's not playing. We'll take it easy. Give him rest before the postseason and, and, and let him get recovered where he isn't doing that with Jaime. Does he just trust Jaime too much? Does he think Jaime is tougher than Johnny? I don't know what it is, but I feel like Jaime needs to sit one or two games, take a week off and get back to hundred percent because I mean, he didn't, I didn't even think he attempted a shot in the first half, let alone hit one. And he really was a non-factor on offense for most of that game. And that's killing your team because the, the, the role that Jaime plays in that offense is really important. 
and he is supposed to score 14 a night. That, that's what you can, can count on him for. And when he doesn't do that, well, then you have to rely on your bench, which is thin because you're not playing Peyton Watson. You're, you're not playing Jake Hyman. So when you have a starter who's not contributing to the level he should be and a bench that's thinner than it should be, what are you doing? You got, you got to mix things up a little bit. It's, it's a lot of question marks that really popped up on Saturday that, I mean, there was some stuff boiling up leading up to that game, but it, it really just accentuated that on Saturday, I think. No, I agree with you 100% on that. I feel like uh, the situation where, like like you said, like he doesn't really use his bench. I think with Jaime, Jaime's like his, like his pseudo point guard in a way um, because he kind of runs the offense. Like, well, Jaime passes it. He rebounds, plays defense. Yeah, he'll you know, bring the ball up the court a lot. He'll bring the ball up the court a lot. He passes. I mean – there is no, I mean, Peyton Watson would probably be the only one that that can do what Jaime does. There is nobody else on the team that really does a Jaime what Jaime does. Jaime does everything, you know. He scores, he rebounds, he plays defense. He's the heart and soul of the team, and so I think they could survive uh, without Johnny, right? You know, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, Johnny is great, probably the best two guard in the country, but I feel like if they don't, if Jaime's not out there, they don't have a chance. I think that's what he's thinking, right? And I think, um, to me, this is the time, especially right now, uh, they they already played the Arizonas and uh, SCs. So give Jaime a week off. You know, let Peyton Watson start these next couple games and see what he can do, because you're going to have to see what he does. You cannot play him. Whether he comes back next year or not, you need him. You You need need him. You need him. You do. And so – Let's just say Jaime gets in foul trouble the first two minutes against, I don't know, uh, Kentucky or Arizona in the tournament. You, you have to play Watson, but he's not ready because you only play him three minutes and you snatch him. You know, I think that you have to kind of live with the the big, the bru- the bruises and the bumps of a freshman, you know, because you know, other than that, you, if you don't play other people on your bench, you, if your five gets hurt or injured or, in foul trouble, you're in big trouble. Then it's just wishing on luck because they never, they never been in the situation because you don't play them. Yeah, I, I mean, these next couple of games, you got Washington State uh, and then you got Washington. So you haven't played either of those teams yet this year. I mean, you got a, a rematch or a rescheduled rematch against Washington coming up at the end of the month. But this is your only game against Washington State, who's pretty good. I mean, they're... I mean, if they run the table, they're a tournament team, but otherwise they're probably not. But they're still an above-average team. And then you got Arizona State at home next Monday. So you got three games where you are the heavy favorite. You should absolutely win by double digits. I don't know. Maybe sit Jaime. Like you're saying, give Peyton that start. Get him his confidence. Give him some minutes. Get him in a rhythm. That That's what this team needs to do because – Something about the, the offense, especially. I mean, what, they scored 62 in regulation against Arizona State. And, and then, I mean, 79 against Stanford, but Stanford's not very good. Uh, and then 64 against USC in regulation. Your offense is is floundering. Not that Peyton Watson's gridded offense, but just throw him in there against a Washington State, Washington team that you should beat easily and see what he can do for your offense. Maybe he's not hitting five threes a game and he's not getting eight assists a game, but 
you know, what can he do for your offense? Because when Jaime comes out in a game in, in March, your offense is going to have to be good and Peyton's going to have to come in. So you have to find out now what Peyton Watson can do for your offense before it's too late, like you're talking about. Because, yeah, he's he's a good player. He's an athletic player. He's a future NBA player. There is some form where he can contribute to your offense. You just have to find out out sooner rather than later. Yeah, to me, like I said, I, I don't know why he doesn't try to play him at least 10 minutes a game. I mean, dang, you know, like I feel like you can give him 10 minutes a game. Now, if he's messing up in those five, then don't play him the other five. But like, how much can he really do unless he comes in four straight turnovers and four? He straight hasn't possession? been that bad. Like you said, like he's not like his four turnovers. He hasn't sucked. I mean, he hasn't <laughs> so, been great, but wow, come on. Short no, leash no. and a half. Yeah, I don't like I said, I, I get it. He's a freshman. He has earned he has earned his way, but if you never play him, he'll never earn his way. You know, if you never play him, you know, like, look, in practice, maybe we're not seeing something that he sees in practice. I don't know, because we're not obviously I'm not there. But to me, if you want to go as far as where UCLA wants to go, and I believe they can go because they have a great team, you have to play. He's the wild card. Watson is the wild card. You have to play him. You cannot have him sit. And like I said, like to me, I get it if the, your, your guys are playing 37 minutes and they all got 18 points each, they all got nine rebounds or whatever. But if Jaime's two for 11 and Johnny Juzang's four for 16 and, and Jules Bernard is, is, is one for nine, why not put him in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we were, we were talking last weekend about uh, the, the rotations and the rotation issues from McCrone and uh, especially focus – focusing on the the front court and we came on talking about how miles johnson should be getting more time than cody riley because cody riley whether he's not 100 percent or he's regressed whatever it is is just not where miles johnson is right now well to 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 our credit uh, i'll give you credit travis i'll give i'll give myself credit <laughs> uh miles johnson comes out at halftime he starts the second half and mccrone post game talking in the press conference says he thinks that that was a big thing for how UCLA got back in that game was was Miles Johnson starting that second half. So I would not be surprised if we get to Thursday and Washington State game and, and Miles Johnson starting over, over Cody Riley. So that's good. There's some flexibility there. Now he just needs to have a little bit more flexibility in saying, Jaime, you're not good. You're not a hundred. I mean, <laughs> not that he's not a good player. He's not, not good, yeah, he's not good physically. Yeah, You're yeah. not 100%. Let's sit you for a game, maybe even two. Give him a full 10 days off, whatever it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get you back to 100% because we need you at 100%. UCLA needs Jaime at 100% in order to be a, a contender, whether that's a Final Four contender, championship contender, a Sweet 16 contender. Jaime Hawkins cannot be the, the 72% guy that he has been lately. And, and that's what he has been. And the only way to fix that is to just rest him. It, I, I'm, I know it's going to be tough because Mick Cronin wants to win every single game. He's a really competitive guy, but that's the solution. It's kind of a bummer. I know, but it's, there's gotta be some other way to solve that problem besides just eh, throw him out there and see what he can do, because that's just going to hurt him more. He's going to work back slowly and it's not going to do anything for the team in the long run. 
Yeah, if if you if Nick Cronin is gonna, all right, no, I'm not. I'm just gonna keep playing him, play him less, play him less. Don't yeah, play him. Play 30, what 30, 32 minutes? Let me yeah, see, uh, thirty-two minutes against SC. Yeah, 32, 32 against SC. Play right. him instead of playing thirty-two. Have him playing twenty. Yeah, that's give, fine. Give the other twelve to 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 Watson. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like you, he's missing out on a great opportunity right now to get his freshman better. Than what? Because I, I tell you, as a personal of, of experience, like when you're in February and going to March, you're no longer a freshman no more. You've been through the season. Yeah, so like, you're, you're essentially a sophomore. You're essentially a sophomore. Just a young sophomore, and you're not you're not scared as scared of the moment. Maybe in the first round of the tournament, or whatever the case is. I was I was hyperventilating in my first round tournament <laughs> game. I don't played, blame you. I mean. I mean, yeah. I, I never played the March Madness, Travis. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But when I'm all I'm saying is, like, give him a shot in order to make your team better. And that's the only way your team is going to get better is if you give him a shot. If you just keep running your main guys and just running them to the ground, 35-plus minutes for four guys, if they're not hitting, you're not winning. And, and like I said, they've had 60, you know, you know whatever, 79 – 60 against Arizona State, low scoring game against Arizona. Like, as you can see, the guys, the top four guys are winding down. You know, it's, they're not playing uh, that good because they're, they're exhausted. They got to play 30 some minutes. You got to give them a break. You got to, even after minutes, put them at 30, all of them at 30. And then play the rest, you know, play the rest of your guys, the other 10 or 29 or something like that. Like, if you want better energy, because if you notice, Riley and Johnson, Johnson played 21 minutes, Riley played 19. You know, like if you split the two of them and just say, okay, you guys play 20, 20 or 21, 20 or 19 or whatever. That's what they have to do a little bit more with, like I said, Jaime and Watson. Yeah, definitely. There, there are some rotation issues. And I feel like talking to McCronin, he knows there are some rotation issues. It's been a while since he's made a drastic shift, but starting Miles Johnson in that second half, I feel like he's on the right track. Mm-hmm. And maybe when it comes to Thursday against Washington State, he knows that he has to make more changes outside of just Miles Johnson over Cody Riley. So for for our sake, covering this team and, and hoping this team gets as far as it can, we can <laughs> talk about it as long as we can and just keep watching this team. Mm-hmm. It's, it would be better if Cronin made those moves. So... We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, got the Washington State game coming up on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in a similar way, actually, Travis, to, to you talking about you, you played overseas with Carissa's uh, uh, dad. I actually, um, uh, when it comes to Washington State, Matt DeWolf is a uh, walk-on. He's a preferred walk-on transfer from Brown. Uh, he was actually my next-door neighbor growing up uh, in, in the summertime down in Mattapoise in Massachusetts. So Matt DeWolf, he's played uh, maybe five, six conference games for Washington State, comes off the bench at the end, shooting 83% on the year, got a big-bodied big man. I hope he plays <laughs> against UCLA. Chances are he only plays if it's a blowout. So uh, either way, if it's a blowout, he'll probably take the court. But it, it'd be fun to see him out there, a little, little connection. But uh, heading into this weekend, Travis, where you got Washington State, Washington, who has Terrell Brown, who's very good, but Washington's not great. 
Washington State's not great. And you got Arizona State on Monday. You had three games that you pretty much have to win. You're probably going to be, if not double-digit favorite, maybe an eight-plus point favorite. What do you have to do going into this game when you've lost three out of four and you're still considered a heavy favorite? Like, what what is the mindset that, that Cronin has to instill in these guys where they have to come in? And they, I mean, are these not must-win games? I mean, yes, they are, but not really. You know, like until the tournament tournament starts, and obviously based <laughs> off what Nick Cronin has done last year, playing in the play-in game all the way to the Final Four, they're not necessarily must-win. But I guess so. They, yeah, not not must win until it's do or die. Yeah, but they need to win. And what the things they need to install in them are two things: belief and confidence. Belief in themselves that they can, you know, have bad games and pull out situations, and confidence in themselves. So the players, all of them, not just the starting five, to where like they could come in, play hard, not make mistakes, and uh, you know, win the game. I think uh, these are three winnable games that they should win and they need to win because like I, like you were saying, like, uh, the, you know, you've lost against the Arizona, you lost against SC, you lost against the Oregon, you know? Um, so you need to win the games that you need to win now. Like you can't be losing the games that you need to win. They're 17 and five. Um, like I said, they by the end of these next three, they should be 25. This is just, you know, you cannot lose these next. You can't lose one of these next three. You have to win all three. Yeah, I mean, you look at the next game. So you got Washington State, Washington, Arizona State. Then you got at Oregon, which is tough. I mean, you lost them at home. May have been a bit of a fluke, but you never know. Oregon's a pretty good team. They've lost some good games and won some good games. But like I said, you never know. At Oregon State, you should win that. At Washington, the, the rematch that was rescheduled from December, you should win that. At home against USC, I mean, you'd like to think they win that, but you know, Mobley's you probably know. Back, by, back by then. And yeah, yeah, you got home court advantage, but if Mobley's back, does that get evened out? Who knows? You, I pretty much think you have to win out. You got seven games left, and there, you, UCLA is going to go into every single one of these seven games as a favorite. Maybe that USC game at the end, USC is a favorite. Maybe it's a coin flip, whatever. But you can't be losing games to inferior teams if you are a team with championship aspirations, which UCLA obviously is. You go to the Final Four last year. uh, You beat Arizona a few weeks ago. You rise up to number three in the AP poll. You're a two seed in bracketology and everything. And you're looking at a, a, a great season. But if things start to falter and things start to to waver a little bit, I, I, I just don't know how you can enter March Madness in a confident state if you lose at Oregon, if you lose at home against USC, if you get upset by Washington or Arizona State again. You have to beat USC at the beginning of March. You have to beat Oregon on the road. You have to sweep your way through the Pac-12 tournament, at least to get to the championship game. And it, it's you're just going to need to take care of business and show that these past few weeks have been a fluke. I don't know if they can do that, but that's what they're going to need to do. And, and, and for, to their credit, they're going to have a chance to do that. So that, that'll that be big. They just mm-hmm. have to pull through in moments where they can prove people wrong, whether it's me or you or 
everyone who watched the games show that, hey, that USC game is a fluke. Don't worry. We got this. We can win in March. No problem. Don't worry about it. No, no, definitely. Look, they can play their – they're probably like a six seed right now, five seed, whatever they are. Right? Uh, yeah, honestly. You know what I'm saying? But, like, they can play their way back to a two. People don't realize. <sighs> no, no. They, if they can play their way – Convince me. Convince me, Travis. <laughs> okay. You said they got seven games left, right? Yep. Let's just say they blow out Oregon in Oregon, right? Okay. They blow out SC at home, right? Okay. Okay, they win all they, the games. They get revenge, revenge against Arizona State. They sweep Washington. They blow out it. Yeah, they, 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 Arizona State they is going to win. Anyway. Oregon State. They they wins the next seven, right? So you you get all the revenge, all the games you lost. Yep. You go you go to the Pac-12 tournament, which say you go in. If you win the next seven games, you're probably number three or four at the lowest, right? Okay. Probably three. I think, probably, yeah, I think you're like the three. best four or the worst three. Yeah, you're somewhere yeah, on that borderline. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. And then you go and you you win the Pac-12 tournament, and that which that includes beating Arizona. That's the okay. key. And then and then you win that season series two yeah. to one. And let's just say you beat SC again. So you beat SC two out of three. Yep. Now now you beat Arizona and SC, and say you beat Oregon. Now I don't know if they can play all three. I don't think they're gonna play all three. Let's say you beat probably not. SC and Oregon, SC and Arizona. And that means you took two out of three out of Arizona. You took two out of three from SC. And they both was ranked at the time. Arizona will probably be at least in the top 10 still because I don't see anybody else really beating them. You beat like a top 10 Arizona team. You beat a top 15, top 20 SC team. Your your record is what, 20, 27 and five, right? Yeah, that's a two seed. That's a two seeds record. You got two so. wins. You got two <laughs> wins against Arizona, two wins against SC. And you in all the games you lost, you got revenge on except for I beat Villanova, he beat Marquette. Yeah, there's a lot of things. That's there. a two seeds resume. I yeah, Travis. I, I, I were you speech and debate in high school or something? <laughs> I mean, it it took you like 60 seconds to convince me this team somehow has a two seed ceiling left in it. Which I mean, I'm not sure if I believe in, but like you said, it's a very simple path. It's, it's yeah, just it's, win out. <laughs> win out. You win and, your next eleven or ten, whatever it is. Like yeah, seven is and the four. A high bar, but it's a bar that exists. Um, I'll give them that. <laughs> well, so it's not impossible. Yeah. It's not impossible, but things would have to break their way opposite. A lot of things yeah. have to break their way. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if all that happened, if if they win their next seven, what are they, two games back at Arizona right now? Yeah. They're, they're, so, they're, so they need – I mean, no one has games. a tiebreaker between the two. Is it three now? I, three I forget games. what it is. Three, because Arizona is, what, 10 and one? They're 11 and one. In conference? Right? I th- yeah, that sounds yeah, about right. Yeah, so three, they, three, three. It'll be yeah. close. Yeah, they, they don't but, need the one seed in the conference tournament to win the conference tournament. They just say they're two the or finals. three. Say SC is a two, they're three. They beat SC. They beat, they beat Arizona. I'm like, it's all in front of, as you said, and it's not nothing that's like unattainable. Um, the schedule kind of breaks in their way, in a, in a way, because they don't play Arizona anymore. Right. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's a positive. But I mean, you said they don't play Arizona anymore a week ago and they lost the USC. So maybe lose the USC again. It's a messy end to the schedule. They they will not. They will not. No, no. All these teams are good. and All these teams can beat UCLA. But I think that they 
they will not use USC at Poly. Like those are one of those I'll be damned mm. games. Only reason I said that is like if I'm them, if I'm UCLA, I'll be damned if I get swept by SC again. I mean, again, literally again. third year in a row. It'd be three like, sweeps in a row. I was so like, Tiger that, hasn't Tiger hasn't beaten them, have he? Uh, I think Tiger did his freshman year because Tiger was a, a redshirt freshman the, ah, the year that, yeah. that Alford got fired mid-year and then Murray Bartow came in and, and they won at Poly that year in overtime. I think David Singleton had a, had a clutch three in overtime. I, I remember that game. That okay, was pretty big. Okay, but when okay. it comes Johnny hasn't beat him. Yeah. Johnny uh, obviously but, hasn't beat him. Jaime hasn't beat him. Uh, um, I think Jaime did because Jaime was a true freshman that that year ah, when they okay. when they won in overtime at Poly. But I mean, you know, I know he got just walloped at Galen uh, three times. Uh, Tiger and and Jaime and just they got wrecked like, when they go to Galen. <laughs> so to me, like I said, it's in front of them now. Is it a tall task? But that's how this is what this is what college basketball is. Period. If you want to go where you need to go, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, now, it's, you know, it, it'll it's, be an interesting end of the season for sure. Look, I, I like I said, I feel if they went out there too, it's you know, and like I said, they went out, they beat SC again twice, they beat Arizona again, they were they they're a two seed. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you if they went out there a two seed, but that like you said, that it's a tough tall task. task, very very tall hey, task. But let, let's just start with this next game. Let's start yes. one game yeah. at a time. Washington, take care of Washington State. Which you should win. Take care of Washington. You should there you win. Go. Yes. Take care of Arizona State. You should win, but you didn't last time. Who knows? It's a mess. This season is bonkers. It's wild. It is what it is. College basketball is just absolutely crazy. So, I mean, we got a, a few episodes left to the regular season here, Travis, and then we'll be getting into postseason with the Pac-12 tournament with, with, with March Madness. UCLA will be there in, in both of those tournaments, and uh, we'll definitely be getting good games there. So um, make sure to stay tuned here on uh, Believe you at Believe in UCLA, presented by Bet Online, to kind of uh, get your fill for UCLA sports, for UCLA basketball. Eventually, when uh, UCLA football coverage starts coming back, I mean, we got Greg Dulcich, Atito Bonia, uh, Quentin Lake, Kyle Phillips. Uh, who else we got? We got um, uh, Sean Ryan, and uh, who's who's the last one? There's one more. Uh, I don't know. They they got five, six guys there at this at the uh, combine, the NFL draft combine is coming up in a few weeks. So we'll be talking about that when that gets around. But that's at the beginning of March. We're talking a lot of basketball. It's basketball season, and uh, we're happy to talk basketball even if this team is losing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, I mean the Rams are winning. The Rams Rams just won the Super Bowl. So who knows? Maybe maybe. It, starts to to spread throughout the city we'll see but it, it'll be an interesting couple of weeks for sure travis <laughs> no i think it's like i said uh it's gonna be interesting starting now because like i said your team should be ascending not descending you know they're, they're definitely descending now yeah that's the that's the problem because now it's i mean it I never believed in those cliches. It's quote unquote money time or like, you know, like I never believe like money time should be every day, every practice, every game, you know, but I think uh, this year, especially there is no, 
they're good teams. There's no dominant team to where, like, I don't believe UCLA. Like, I don't know if they can beat this team or that team. I, I think UCLA can beat anyone except Gonzaga. Gonzaga is just kind of terrifying in, in a certain way for a lot of yes. different ways. But, yeah. I think I think UCLA can beat anybody. Uh, yeah. I think Gonzaga is probably, yeah, on another level. I don't think Gonzaga is the national championship. Uh, but yeah, but they're they're a bad matchup for UCLA. Yeah, they're they're, a, they're a thorn matchup. in their side. Someone else can beat them, but I don't know if UCLA can. Yes, exactly. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens down the stretch. I really feel that UCLA, if they can just turn it around, you know, let's just let's just start with this one game, right? And just focus on these next game by game by game by game getting better. I promise you, I feel like they can do something special in this tournament again, just like last year. Um, they have that kind of talent. And I've seen the games where they put it all together. The, you know, they, they would not even, you know, put it all together. The Villanova, the Arizona, the Marquettes. Um, yep. You know, I think that they can, they can really do something special, but it's all up to them. And I think, you know, Coach, Coach Cronin has to make some adjustments. Like we talked about, this whole, this whole segment of UCLA <laughs> basketball is like, play Watson more, stop playing your guy so much. Cut down their minutes, play Watson more minutes. Yeah, I mean, you look at the whatever the potential bracket ends up being. Right now, UCLA is probably a five seed. We haven't seen uh, Joe Lenardi's or anyone's latest updates when we're when we're recording this now. But let's say they're a five seed and they're playing a a twelve. I mean, there are a, there's a I think every year there's a twelve five upset. This is a team that could get upset in a twelve five game, or they're a five seed who could make a final four. That, that's the kind of situation that this team is in. It's wild. It's bonkers. It's crazy. Who knows what's going to happen, but uh, make sure that you're sticking here. Every Monday, we got episodes coming out with Believe in UCLA presented by Bet Online. So thank you so much for listening. Travis, thank you again for being my wonderful co-host today. Where can people find you online? And uh, yeah, just uh, give people a, a little check-in on how you're doing. All right. Well, thank you very much for the compliments, Sam. I really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> your, your check is in the mail. <laughs> um, the people can find me. Uh, I also have another show on the network called An Athlete's Journey, um, where it's just me interviewing for other former athletes. You know, can check it out. So if you ever get bored after this show, if you got a little extra time, come check out that show. Uh, also, you can find me at, at Travis W. Reed on Instagram at Travis W. Reed, R-E-E-D. And I post a lot of my events or social projects on on Instagram. Also, they can find me at, I mean, not at, but Travis W. Reed on Facebook. And I post, like I said, the same thing on Facebook. A lot of just current things, what I'm doing, uh, along with this beautiful show with with yourself. Uh, Anything else that I'm doing, I'm posting on my social platforms. So you can definitely check me out. Sounds good. And uh, you can follow me at Sam Conan on Twitter and you can follow all Bruins on Sports Illustrated, the Sports Illustrated site for UCLA sports as gymnastics, women's basketball, men's basketball, football, baseball, softball, all the stuff that's going on right now. You can follow on Twitter at SI underscore all Bruins on Twitter or on Facebook at SI dot all Bruins. So check those out. Check out the website. I appreciate Everyone listening has made it this far. Make sure to like, subscribe, turn on notifications, uh, share, send everything out. I appreciate you listening. If you're a UCLA fan or UCLA hater, 
I don't care if you're listening, you're, uh, you're doing the good work regardless. So uh, thank you so much for making it this far through the episode and we will see you next week. See you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.